Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Young hearts run free. Welcome to season three, episode nineteen, the penultimate episode of season three. Um, how are you doing today, Stephen? I am good, John. I am it's fantastic. Well, we've got maybe a wee domestic we're going to talk about something that happened over the weekend, but we'll get to that just in a wee, just in a wee minute. Mm-hmm. Our main focus of this episode is a chat with uh, a Mr. Derek Fish, who recently uh, completed the Swiss Peaks 360. More on that. I'll not get the, I'll not get the information right, so there'll be more on that in the actual episode. But let's talk about how that came about. Derek was doing the event, obviously, posting about it on social media. There was a fair wee bit of chat about it. So we reached out to Derek, didn't we? We did. We were conscious of the fact that he'd already done some pretty big stuff in 2021. And this was the the biggest thing that he was doing in 2021. And wasn't it something? So, yeah. I, um, and, and, and Derek is friends with other friends of the show that beautiful thing where people are connected through other people through the community and stuff like that so yeah it was it was great to get him on and speak about this experience I think and there was a long time in the planning when you think about it but when you hear Derek describe his 2020 um, and he's 2021. It's absolutely brilliant. And you're right. He does. He met. He actually mentions friends and friends he's made quite a bit throughout the episode. So that's something definitely to think about. And we should also give a shout out to to Mr. Ali Bevan. We mentioned last week when we spoke with Kim Collison that Ali was away doing. I actually, I think when we were speaking to Kim Collison, Ali was taking part in Tour de Giants, wasn't he? Yeah, he would have been, because that was the week before last, the the week of the, the, the Tour de Giants. And yeah, so he was out there working his little, his little legs off. <laughs> little and how, spindly legs. So now, now, so. <laughs> That's what he says. So how did it finish then? How did Ali finish up? Oh, he finished brilliantly. It's like he's... Um, I don't know if he's exceeded his own expectations um, or what, but 15th he finished. Brilliant. And Aye. we know that that event attracts the the best mountain runners in the world. So he, he was in very, very, how would you say, his, his fellow athletes at that sharp end of the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, Kim Collison mentioned that that's one of the races on his his wish list, his bucket list, is the tour. So yep. yeah, well done to Ali. Um, massive kudos. Oh, kudos you say. Ali finished in I think was it ninety two hours? Did it? Did I see? Ninety two hours, man. Fucking hell! Imagine being out there for ninety two hours. However, ninety three hours. Sorry. Ah, ninety three. Ah, well, that's not so good, eh? <laughs> no, no. Fair play, him. I still give him kudos for that. Absolutely right. brilliant. But you know what? I think um, we're, we're now speaking to folk as well that are doing these extreme 
extreme things. When you think about recently what like Sir Paul Giblin did, and tonight's or this episode's guest, Derek Fish, has done some really um when we're talking about endurance, these guys take it to a whole new level, you know. So well done to Ali. Um absolutely brilliant use. And I did see he'd mentioned to us that he was out in the River Tay Way. Watch yourself there, Ali boy. Yep, watch the trip wires at around about 15 miles in that we set up to protect our FKT. I watched no slip on the Mars bars wrappers. I think I lost one. No, oh, never. Yeah. I picked it up. Leave no hundred <laughs> footprints. <laughs> and banana skins. No, uh, you're, you're not allowed to drop banana skins. That is a no-no. You know, I thought they were good for the, no. the local habitat. I used to lash banana skins around about the hills of Scotland. <laughs> And then somebody, <laughs> seriously, and then somebody kindly informed me that that, that wasn't a done thing because a banana skin takes two years to decompose or right. biodegrade, whatever, and you should take your banana skins home. And recycle them in your wee green bin. If you live in Perth and Kinross, they've got different colour bins. Or... So have you been retracing your steps and picking up all your old banana skins? That is a, um, a project that is underway. And I am locating those banana skins and clearing up my um, good man, my footprints. Yeah, you should put that on Strava. Right, talking about Strava. Oh, now last weekend I was away doing something else, away far, far away, Aviemore, and I got home. And just today, before we started, before we press record, you'd said to me, "What's the crack with you? No, no liking my run on Strava." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" I totally missed. You had you did a quite magnificent run at the weekend. Oh, oh you're, you're, you're crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm filling that hole in, filling in that hole. Do you want to speak about that run? Because it does, it is linked to your upcoming London. Yeah, yeah, it was my last big run before London, my, my last big road run, so to speak, and um, I, I needed a nice wee confidence builder because no all my long runs on the road have felt that great probably can tell if you're a regular listener to young hearts run free that trail running is the preference and road running is a bit more means to an end although you can you can start enjoying it embracing it and that again but um last weekend so london marathon what's that a week on sunday yeah, yeah, third of October or something, isn't it? Third October. Right, third um, of October, yeah. Down there, joining the masses. Um, and, yeah, so two weeks out, you wanted to do a decent distance and for it to feel good. And basically that happened for me on Sunday, but it met, it took me just to plan it a wee bit more properly than I usually would a long run. Sometimes I just kind of expect things to happen and then scratch my head when they don't happen um, mm-hmm. and then go oh wait a minute maybe it's because of this so the week before for example I'd done quite a for me meaty week of training and interval sessions and reps and stuff like that and then I went out and did my long run and I felt leggy and then I started thinking to myself oh maybe I'm not that in great great shape for London and stuff um, so this week I was like, right, wait a minute, let's see a couple of days rest before a long run. Try and replicate race day. We have the same kit. We have the same. Oh, was Schwanker shoes. mode activated? Schwanker mode was definitely activated. The 
yeah, I was as in full flow schwanker mode. Brilliant man, I, I, I really, I was, I'm sick. I was away. I would like I to witness that with my own eyes. I was, I was hoping that you'd pop out from behind the bush as you regularly do. <laughs> no, camera so, phone in one hand. Thing, one thing that I did too was I went and did my long run in Perth, which is you know, fifteen miles away from where I stay. Because getting a long run in in Octorarda, the Isney Hilly, is right. near impossible. Now London's no a hilly route, you know, marathon route. Yeah. Flat and fast, like a lot of the big city marathons. Um, in fact, I think it's even got a net downhill on it, so it's a downhill run. It's basically for cheats. <laughs> so <laughs> I jest, um, but yeah, um, I, I kind of try to replicate the route profile a wee bit in that, and it went it went well. Started on our spiritual home of the North Inch in Perth. Wonderful. few laps of that and got 20 solid miles under my belt and it felt it, I was going to do a wee bit of mare but I, was like, I did 20 miles and felt good and I could start to feel myself getting naturally tired I'm like okay well I'm just going to take the 20 miles and take that as a wee confidence builder ahead of London yeah I've just opened up because you gave me a wee bit of a row I've just opened up and I'm looking at it and you were away along with the river up the Ammon Bank, which is a great route, isn't it? How is it? Right, if we're talking Stephen Watt and we're talking Perth and we're talking 20 miler, how was the wind? Well, I, I, I did look at weather windows today <laughs> to run and I was like, right. wait a minute, Sunday morning's nice and calm, no wind. Is that yeah. the kind of wind you're talking about? Exactly that. It's exactly right. that. And there's a lovely photograph of you. I'm thinking, is that Rose Terrace or Rose Crescent? I always get them mixed up. Terrace. Rose Terrace, just off the North Ancient Perth. Lovely. So, why Von Air? I'm going to click the button that gives you kudos. There you go. That's your. That that's it. Thank so, you. It's just come through on my phone there, and it, already I feel better. Aye, exactly. <laughs> now we had a wee discussion. You're Stephen, a giver, John. You're a giver. Oh my giver. I'll take a wee bit too, mind. But um, we had a wee discussion before we started recording about. Strava and Stephen has enlightened me to a whole new world of kudos information that I never knew existed. And he assures me that this is available to Council Strava folk too. Right? So do you want to say a wee a wee bit about that, Stephen? Yeah, well there's a lot of things go on in Strava that aren't obvious and uh, me being a um I don't know what the schwanker term of Strava is, but there's definitely something there. Um, me being a Strava geek. A Stravanker? <laughs> <laughs> That's a place in Norway. <laughs> um, yeah, there's there's a lot of things that you can uncover on Strava and things that you can um, switch on and integrate with and, and things like that. But one of the things that Strava does is something called Strava Labs. And it's little side projects, it seems, that they do. And um, if you Google Strava Labs, um, you, you log in using your usual Strava credentials. Um, and there's a, quite some quite cool things going on. And one of them is Project Kudos. And okay. what that does is basically, <laughs> be careful how I frame this, basically you can see people who give you Kudos a lot who you maybe need to give some back to Aye. and vice versa so people that you give kudos to 
quite freely and get hee-haw back. Right? And you can visualise it all in infographics or you know, export it to an Excel spreadsheet. I'm getting the feeling right now we've just lost half our listeners because they're away logging into Strava Labs or whatever it's cried. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, we'll put yeah. a link up on the show notes. But, um, it, you know, it's just a bit, of, a bit of fun, really. You can see your most kudos activities. If, if you need to give yourself a wee boost, <laughs> you can see the, 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 the time and day of the week that, People give you kudos most, um, and crucially, you can see your all your surpluses and deficits where you maybe need to hand out some kudos. Just that a, a so bit. What of I'm going to say, what I'm going to say to folk, MD that follows me, and if I follow you on Strava, I'm doing it hundred percent manual. I'm giving you the kudos with my finger live when it's happening. What I would say was, huh? my feed is getting kind of few. Well, folk, Dane hangs, and that's how I think how I missed your run on Sunday. Okay, you know? well, what you need to do, John, is, is mark me as a favourite, as an athlete favourite, uh, and you favorites, get man. you'll get it right under your nose. Me, uh, every time la- I fucking move. The last thing I want is a ping saying Stephen Watts just done a fucking activity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're maybe right there. Yeah, yeah. So, there you go. This week's Strava secrets, or for some yeah. of you it won't be a secret. You'll be like that, nodding away, saying, "Kent, that man, this this, this bugger thinks he kens everything." There'll be a lot of the data geeks are loving that, definitely. Aye. and you get more data analysis, and some people really tap into that sort of stuff. Other folk didn't care about it, but you know what? It's there. If you like it, get in it. If you didn't, get a miss. No I know folk like Hamish Heatmap Battle Battle will be right into it. Oh, he's probably on the project board. Um, Right, listen, that's enough for Strava because some folk will be thinking, what the fuck, Strava? So maybe you just want to sign up, you know? Use the Young Heart Run free referral code. Aye. That wasn't got in. Get free arm sleep. Oh, aye, right, okay. Um, Let's talk a wee bit about the chilli. 6th of November, I ken that. 11 o'clock start, I ken that. How's it going? What's happening with the chilli? The chilli is the iconic local route in Ochterarda. Mixed terrain, uphills, downhills, run through forests, forestists, <laughs> forest, <laughs> through streams and all the good stuff. And it's happening actually in-person racing on Saturday 6th November. And entries are open and entries are, are flying out the door. So um, some familiar faces on that entry list as well um, which is great to see but um, yeah yeah, we're just encouraging people to to sign up for that entry central just or google entry central chili trail race or whatever Um, and it should all things going well be a pretty epic day out oh it'll be epic guaranteed man guaranteed The, the simple the simple fact that people are getting together and I, I think back to actually you know what my wife steals my t-shirts, right? Um, and she was skulking about the house this week and the original chili t-shirt for 2017. The Frank's chili black t-shirt, orange black. flashes on it. And yep. all that sort of stuff. And it, it's just brought back memories of what was an absolutely brilliant event. That year you started doing it at the mill. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was our very first test event almost. Yep. Aye. Yep. 
But then you moved up to the park, the starts up at the park. And I remember uh-huh. the first time at the park, the buzz was oh, brilliant, man. It's a great place. And it's, a, it's just, I think there's this whole thing as well with events coming back and getting people getting together and there'll be a podium. There is a podium. Brilliant. I get to care of the podium, eh? Yeah, and you I, get Sometimes I stand on it. Sometimes I stand. John, we, we give John a mic, the phone, and let him. <laughs> Let them run free on it. <laughs> oh, I like that, man. <laughs> For those who are that way inclined, that was a segue. There you go. <laughs> oh, <my segue. laughs> okay. So we'll post a link again yeah. in, the, in the show notes for Chile. Okay. Anything else you want to talk about? No, no, nothing that can wait until next week, our season finale. Yeah, we'll wrap up season three next week looking forward to that a couple of wee special things we'll be speaking about as well but we'll put that on ice we're going to yeah. park that baby right now yeah 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 no let's get the um, star of the show in for this week's episode i think that's derek coming down the drive now yeah enjoy this we enjoyed recording it so enjoy this on your long run welcome along to the young hearts run free podcast derek Hi guys, how are we doing? Nice to be on the, the podcast at last. <laughs> Thank you very much for um, agreeing to come on and go through our little question set with us. We're really looking forward to, to the chat, whatever way it goes, which could be one of many. Yes. I think so, the, que- the question set has grown as well, Stephen. Has it? Aye, I've got some wee uh, add on bits. Oh, and so have I. So there you go. It could be a while. Curveballs, because I've been reading Derek's running CV. Exactly that. So let, let's get in there, man. On you go. You batter in. Okay. We're ready. Derek, you poised? I'm, I'm poised and ready. Like a starting gun. That's it. Now, anyway, we like to just introduce you and find out a little bit more about you by asking, have you always been a runner? What we'll, we'll got you into the... Uh, uh, so ba- basically, it was alcohol that got me starting uh, running. So yeah, Chris- Christmas night out, I think it was 2012, and um, one of the guys that we we stay locally with um, had signed up for the Edinburgh Marathon, and basically halfway through the night, um, challenged us all to to run it. Um, so three other guys signed up the next morning. Uh, online to do the Edinburgh Marathon for 2013, I think it was. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, I'd done a couple of park runs before, but um, basically never done any proper proper training since I packed in playing football about 10 years earlier. And um, aye, so jumped on the scales on the first of January and realised that I was pretty much. Uh, uh, 17, well over 17 stone, um, and I'm quite a big lad. I'm like six foot three, so I didn't feel like I was that overweight. But um, that was what started me off, and uh, just got going, going from there really. I thought you were going to say, and I'm glad you never. I thought you were going to say that you really pushed, and you thought I better start running here. But you're actually pushed when you signed up for the race. Well, I, I was pushed when I agreed to sign up for it. <laughs> Once I say I'm going to do something, well, that that's it is um, a given. Yeah, so that that kind of started me off. But then after the 
marathon, I kind of stopped again. And um, it was a good friend of mine, Barry. He had donated bone marrow for Anthony Nolan Trust, um, saved somebody's life. And um, that that Christmas, he kind of 2013, he taught me into doing London Marathon and raising some funds for the Anthony Nolan Trust, um, which is a, a fantastic charity. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that kind of got me running again. And um, I decided running in December on your own round the dark streets of Stirling and Larbert, um, it was just a bit mind numbing. So I decided to join a running club just after Christmas, New Year time. And that's kind of what got me started you know, doing some proper training and, and getting into it, really. So, yeah, that, that was the, the Kickstarter for what became then became the Ultra Journey, was joining a running club. Um, a couple of the guys there were, had signed up for the fling, Gordon and George, and we ended up doing some sort of training runs as a club on the West Highland Way back then, and I just found I really, really got into it and really loved more the trails and the hill running type stuff more than actually bashing out on the roads. Can I just ask you, your, your Edinburgh marathon, first marathon, what was your time? I'm trying to remember, I actually put up the power of 10 earlier, so it was 3 hours, 3 hours 51.22, there we go for that, That's so yeah. So your, your, your 0 to 26.2 miles went all right? Wait, um, it can, was can we stop the bus? Were you still 17 stone? when you ran that marathon? No, I, I dropped about three stone um, just doing the training. And, and that was one of the things I um, declared on New Year's Day that I wasn't going to drink until after the marathon. So everybody had a bet on with me for charity that I wouldn't last the five months. So yeah, that, that was um, <laughs> Brilliant. part of the weight loss was, mm. was cutting down the alcohol and the crisps and everything that went with it. Right away, we're talking life-changing stuff here, man, aren't we? Or, or lifestyle-changing stuff. Yeah, I, I think it, it certainly was. You know, I just, I, I quite, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I did it to lose weight or, or anything, but I, it's just a natural consequence of exercising and, and eating a bit healthier and cutting down on the booze. It just, and then I think that then inspires you on a wee bit because you have... Mm. You know, people comment and they say, oh, you're losing weight and, you're, you know, you feel better for it. And then that just, it's like one of these virtuous circles, I suppose, that you go on. I know exactly what you're talking about. I should actually be seven foot two. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So if you didn't mind me asking, we can cut this bit out if you didn't want to answer it. What weight are you currently? Uh, so probably, probably about 13 and a half stone now. That's usually my, although that's post-race. Um, I put a wee bit on during lockdown last year when I was injured. Um, but, yeah, I genuinely lost about a stone during this race that will we'll come right. to mm-hmm. top belt, probably about £10 in, in total. Who needs the Cambridge diet, eh? I know. A few, few <laughs> in the hills. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, I interjected. Sorry, I was just interested to hear what your, your first marathon time was. And so, so the, the London Marathon 2014 saw you join, a run, you mentioned a running club. What club was that? Yeah, so initially I joined the Wee County Harriers because um, I stay in Larbor. Um, I had kind of central athletic right on my doorstep at my work and uh, I had a wee look at the place and 
saw them with like Olympians like Andrew Butcher in it, and uh, I thought uh, that might just be a wee bit quick for me. <laughs> I saw him tonight when I was on the road back through Bridge of Allen, actually. So, um, um, looking quite sprightly down the University Road, you know that Henderson yeah. Street. Whatever. Anyway, sorry, I interrupted again. So yeah, so I kind of looked about and. Um, like Falkirk Vicks is probably a more natural, closer fit, but um, it meant driving past my house, going the opposite direction. So kind of ended up just deciding to go to Wee County because I could stay at work and work on a bit and then just go straight there. And it saved the temptation of having your dinner before you went out training. <laughs> and then you never go out if you have your dinner first. So, yeah. Oh, that's always a conundrum, isn't it? Aye. We train it Thursday nights at eight fifteen, and it's like, ah, oh, what snack am I going to hate to tide me over? And then on half past nine, I get my tea, and you're like eating like a horse. No, nah, that's too late. That's fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So aye, so Wee County, shout out for Wee County, good club. Yes. Yeah. So a lot of the guys there were doing ultras. So just joined a wee gang of guys that were doing hill running and going up the West Highland Way and doing various training sessions specific to ultras. So that, that kind of started me off with it all. Can I ask a question there, Derek? When did you first hear about ultras? And did it surprise you? Because I, when, I, when I started out, I'd heard the 10Ks and marathons. I never even knew there was a half marathon thing, right? And then somebody mentioned ultras to me. So when did the ultra thing appear on your horizon? Yeah, so it was, it was through Gordon and George. They, they had signed up for the fling. And basically just, um, we went a run over Conic Hill one day and out to River Denon and back. And that kind of got me started off with my kind of love for the getting more trail running and hill running going. Another thing I would say is, like, my dad um, is a Monroeist. He's, he's done all the Monroes and all the Corbett's. He just finished them this year at uh, 73, all the Corbett's. So. Brilliant. I got dragged up hills when I was a kid and when I was a teenager with them. Um, so I suppose getting back into that kind of side, you know, it kind of reinvigorated my love for getting outdoors and getting into the hills. Shout out to the parents that take their kids out on walks at the weekends and the kids are doing their parents' heading because they're not want to be there. Later on in life, it pays dividends, doesn't it? Gets you out in the fresh air, it's brilliant. It does, yeah. Um, Trying to get my two though, up hills is a bit more challenging. <laughs> uh, well, there's no Wi-Fi up there, man. You know, no, so. <laughs> no, but you know what? The, the fling, it's just about, it's actually a wee bit more than a double marathon. You know, yeah. so it's quite a jump. You know, obviously you're training, but it's just that mental thing, I think, too, to, to think, can I do that? But I suppose being with a running club and a running group, there'll be guys there and ladies there too with experience that have been there and you get. So do you, do you think the running club really benefited you? Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I would encourage anybody taking up running to, to try out a running club and, and find one that you know suits them. Made a lot of great pals as well. Um, you know, it's where I met Iona, guys like Graham, Tony, Scott, George Gordon, who, you know, a lot of them are still run the odd uh, run with. Yeah, so it, it, was, it was a great kind of introduction to it. And just, yeah, I, th- I think when you can see other people that are capable of doing it, and then you start to think, well, I could give that a go as well. And that's kind of what got me started off on it. 
just a kind of personal challenge of, of running these races. So yeah, I think I think my first ultra was a Clyde Stride, and I, I had a great day. I think it was over seven hours or something for the forty miles, but um, just I, I really enjoyed it. I found it a lot more sort of sociable and a lot more fun than battering out, you know, London Marathon or something. Uh, yeah. yeah. That um, first ultra, what, when was that in your timeline? Twenty fourteen or twenty fifteen? So that, that was 2014, I think okay. I did the straight. So that was like the summer, uh, late summer, I think, because it got delayed with the uh, the Commonwealth Games that was on. So it was a wee bit later on in the year, that year. You're a decent 2015, eh? <laughs> t- t- 2015 was probably the, the, the mad year of do, sort of beginner's mistake of trying to sign up for a race every month. And um, progressively, my times got worse. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Listen, Derek, one man's worst is another man's, fuck me, brilliant time. So let's just look at it a wee bit. Eh? The Highland Fling, which is 53 miles. Yep. The Cataran Trail, which is 55, but mega hilly, I think. I've, I've not done the Cataran. You know, I've either seen it. I've not been there yet. Even though it's in our home turf. Yeah, the Great Glen Ultra, which is hilly, you know, especially that the sort of second half bit. Um, Devil of the Highlands, yeah. Stephen and I's favourite finish. Well, Stephen's finish is our favourite finish. And then finally, just to wrap it off, Glenoble 33 as yeah. well, you know. So that's a, that's a big year. I had the D33 in there as well. And the <laughs> oh, man. Persia Highland Marathon in June as well that year. So... <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, yeah. It, it had happened by 2015, hadn't it? The, the addiction or whatever. <laughs> the bug. Aye. The entry central. Oh, click here. Enter. Boom. Two grand race fees in that lot. <laughs> what gets me though, and currently, when they always bring it back to me a wee bit, currently, I'm still, I think, recovering a bit for what I've done this year, but it's nowhere on the scale of 2015. I know we're different people, right? I know that. But how was your how was your body in 2015? Because there's not a lot between, the, including the two races you've mentioned only on that list I ran through. Yeah. How was your body, your recovery, your preparation? Or are they just all melting into one? They, they just seem to... I would get back... I'd have a, maybe an easy week after it and then maybe a week better training... And then another week training, and then you're tapering, kind of thing again. So, uh, look, I, as I said earlier, I um, engaged the services of a running coach, uh, Mr. Giblin, at the, I think it was in September that year, and the first thing he said was, "You're doing far too many races." Um, you know, he had a look at what I'd been up to, and calmed me down. I think for the following year, and asked me what I was prioritising, which was the West Island Way race for, for 2016. And I flew it, uh, flung in the fling and the devil as well that year, um, for good measure. Um, but that, that was all, crowd, eh? uh, that, that was kind of what I restricted myself to that year. It was quite quite a change in preparation for, for 2016. How did you cope with that mentally? If you're going for that big volume and signing up with Paul Giblin, who's advising you, right, that's going to pull this back because that's quite 
Stephen used the word addiction. It becomes an addiction. And to to be thinking that you should be running, maybe not every day, but maybe four or five times a day and running at that intensity. How was it? How did you feel pulling that back with Paul's advice? Four, time, four or five times a week, just no day, just in case anybody's thinking that Derek's lost it completely. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I quite enjoyed the, I think what I find with Paul is I quite enjoyed the structure and the, I really embraced the training and what he was trying to, you know, slow down in certain sessions, do some sessions hard, do easy sessions easy. And I think one of the biggest faults I had was maybe my long runs weren't long enough, you know, so, and then an easy recovery run on a Sunday, for example. So I was maybe doing 14, 15 miles in the hills up the Ockles, maybe a three hour run type thing. But then basically going to the West Highland Way, I'd never seen a 40 mile training run in my plan ever, like ever. I'd never done a training run that long or a 30 mile run even. So I think building up to the West Highland Way, there was certainly a lot more volume in the training. Um, and I, I quite enjoy the training. I enjoy the training as much as I enjoy the races sometimes, particularly if you're doing it with friends, going for long runs or going in the mountains somewhere new, ticking off a few more Monroes. I, I quite enjoy that. I don't even mind training on my own, doing, doing long runs on my own. I'm quite happy with that. But aye, it was um, the, the whole racing thing, it was just, you get a bit carried away with it, don't you? So uh, raining it back in wasn't a problem. Yeah, you do see that. You do see that people who get carried away and then didn't rein it in and then kind of suffer that burnout. Eh? They, you know what you said about your time, your time's no improving and in fact going the opposite way, um, which was maybe an early sign that that could have happened if you hadn't sort of made that choice. Yeah, I think um, I, I looked at people that were doing, you know, quite well in the ultra running. You, know, you can nip onto their Strava and, and see what they're up to roughly. And I came to that conclusion that my training wasn't specific for ultra running. Um, you know, looking at other people's long runs, mines were a third of what theirs were um, sometimes at the weekend. Just just even weekly volume, I was doing maybe 30 miles a week where other guys were out doing 50, 60, 70, 80 mile weeks. Um, so, you, you know, you can't jump to it straight away, but you've got to build up to that level and I think that's what Paul was quite good at was you know giving you a plan and building you up so that you don't just go daft even training because it's quite easy to do that get carried away with miles as well. Aye accumulating miles junk miles as we hear some people. Yeah. What about injuries? Have you suffered for anything that keeps you in the house for four weeks six weeks? How do you cope with that? Uh, so the worst injury I've had is actually, um, I've had a couple of operations on my foot. Um, I've developed arthritis in my big toe of all things, <laughs> which was pretty painful. I had an operation in 2017 on it, or 20, sorry, the end of 2016 on it. And um, the surgeon there said, well, you'll be back within five to 10 years for another one. So last year, just right before lockdown happened, I started to get foot pain again and it was the arthritis going back and affecting the nerves in my, my toes. So um, I ended up last year quite a long spell out, maybe about half the year, pretty much. Obviously, you can't go and see a doctor 
last year with the whole COVID thing. Mm-hmm. Did a couple of online consultations and they assumed it was a stress fracture with the, the sort of running I was doing um, and just told me to rest it, but the rest never helped at all. So I was kind of climbing the walls a bit last year. I bet, aye. aye. And, and locked down, I wasn't kind to a lot of us for lots of different reasons. And one of them was, um, well, if I wasn't able to run during lockdown and I was at the fridge quite as much as I was at the fridge for all yeah. frequent visits. <laughs> I think <laughs> for, for myself, it was like, you know, you go through spells where you're training quite hard and like you don't have any alcohol or you very little. And I thought, oh, well, it's a wee break. I'll have a few beers and enjoy the weekends a bit more. Um, but when that spell goes on for quite a few months, it's just... Aye. So uh, like 14 months in my, my case. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, Joe. You can, you're on that Guinness zero zero now. Obdi else thinks it's absolutely boofing, and you seem to love it. Uh, but that's why I'm on it, Stephen, because a 14 month on it. So all ah, right, okay. <laughs> no, I do quite enjoy. It. I, you know, I've missed a, I've missed a pint of stout, and it's a good alternative if I'm not drinking the the real deal. But yeah, Stephen, one of the questions that we had was to speak about. 2020 but I think you've just you've just touched yeah. on that I mean although if you can't run were you still able to get outside and walk Derek? Yeah so I was okay walking um, and I also bought a bike and a road bike and it was quite okay getting out with the, you know I could adjust my foot on the pedal um, to not be pushing down where the nerve was sore so I did a bit of cycling um, around and the roads were quiet so that, that worked out quite well and it kept a reasonable level of fitness going. Can, can you tell us Derek what's a bit of cycling for you? Uh, How many miles did you cover? I, I didn't really I, I had a few challenges like 100k and then 100 miles that I did on my bike so the, the, I did a couple of 100 mile cycles um, just kind of going out and cycled away out to trimming and stuff like that and did a big loop around Calendar and Aberfoyle and back over the Clacks Bridge um, through through Clacks and then back over the bridge to Larbert but uh, yeah. So a bit, a bit on the bike. <laughs> you know what though that's good for your headspace as well isn't it and also it's good to give you nothing you're replacing running but it's that focus and it's that something to do and definitely um, yeah. quite a lot because the office was shut but somebody still had to collect mail and mm-hmm. so I used to cycle into work and pick up the mail and then cycle at lunchtime and then cycle home at night so it's kind of 10 miles to work so you were doing tw- 20 miles a day at least on the bike just going in and out of work um, which was and the traffic was non-existent it was quite fun just odds but as soon as the traffic's back, that's me. I've had enough. <laughs> no, wasn't it just? It was. It was the same with running on country roads, and I'm assuming for cyclists, you know, during lockdown, the, the quietness of the roads was was magic. Eh? <laughs> it was one of the, the. There was quite a lot of good things came out. Uh, lockdown. There was a lot of shit as well, but like, there was quite a lot of good things. I quite liked the freedom of working from home and then being able to go for a run um, in my own terms rather than, you know constrained by traditional working hours shall we say yeah I think I think it also gave Derek a bit of time to, to plan aye <laughs> <laughs> or it's like it was like a, a spring that was getting tighter and tighter coil yeah and then all these plans were hatching for 2021 maybe 
Well, the, the plans were actually in place for 2020. Um, right. So tw 2020, I had two races that I was signed up for, uh, the West Highland Way race and uh, the Swiss Peaks uh, race that I had signed up for. Um, and, and unfortunately, West Highland Way race was obviously cancelled, but the Swiss Peaks race actually went ahead. It was one of the few races that actually happened. Um, and luckily, they deferred my place over uh, to the following year. Um, so, yeah, I was a, a bit concerned I was going to lose my entry for it, but thankfully, they, they rolled it over for me. Um, which I'd have been sweating at that for a number of reasons, mostly the, the, the loss of the entry fee. <laughs> <laughs> The entry is like about, I don't know, I think it was 800 quid or something like that for it. I just, find out, we'll find out why that was maybe good value soon. Yeah. yeah. When was when was the seed planted for that? Because that's quite a biggie, isn't it? Yeah, so kind of all the best ideas usually happen after doing a, a ridiculous race of similar ilk. Um, so I think I had finished UTMB and I was in a sharing a chalet with a few guys um, and girls who were similar. Uh, had, some had been doing the CCC and the TDS and um, yeah, so the, the question of what next came up and basically a couple of guys had suggested the Tor, trying to put an engine for Tor de Géants, um, which kind of then got me thinking I might have a wee stab at it. And then I, I don't know how Swiss Peaks came about, but I had it in my head to head enter the tour and I saw the Swiss Peaks popped up and I thought well I'll get in that because there's no ballot with it usually um, whereas the tour's quite a specific ballot about it and I, I think probably they might look at your CV and maybe grade it a wee bit I, I'm not sure exactly but um, that that kind of and, and Ian that was in the chalet as well he, he managed to get a place in the tour which was uh, obviously not able to go to it because of COVID um, last year. But uh, yeah, so that's when I, I kind of signed up and Charlie was uh, Gav Busey, who quite a lot of people have mentioned. He did the PTL and was chatting about that. And um, so I, I kind of sowed the seed of trying a 200 mile mountain race. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm loving the fact that people listen to this, you're mentioning U2MB and Tor and PTL. Folk would be going, What's that? What's that? What's that? So, that, you know what? There's a whole new world out there for people who maybe have heard of things like the Fling and the West Highland Way Race and Lakeland and all the other ultras that are Scottish and UK based. But there's a whole different world out there. And you come to things like UTMB and that, isn't there? So, I also like the way that Derek casually dropped in the fact that he'd done UTMB. <laughs> You could so have recorded the whole episode speaking uh, about that. For a Christmas night out there that I'll bet you didn't run the Edinburgh Marathon to, you know, six years later, I'd done the UTMB. <laughs> I think when you start looking at races and trail running and mountain running, um, the, the UTMB, you can't fail not to notice it. it. It's such a big event. Um, and I tried to get in UTMB a couple of years. Like, that was my third attempt at getting into it. Yes. I'd failed in the ballot two years previously um, and ended up, don't know how I came across it, but I ended up running uh, Ultra Tour Monterosa, um, ah. which 
I've got to say it's probably it's a lot tougher than UTMB. Um, really? I did the 116k one year and then the 100 mile race the, the following year. But um, yeah, I, I was desperate just to do the UTMB. So that was your sort of way into it. See, when you said Monte Rosa is, is tougher, tougher in terms of elevation gain or terrain or? Uh, I would say probably both. Um, yeah. Monte Rosa, you go over 10,000 feet uh, a couple of times. It's a lot higher altitude-wise. Oh, yeah. The terrain is like UTMB. It's a lot like, um, you know, the paths of Ben Lomond and that, that kind of idea. Whereas yep. Monte Rosa, you had chains and to hold on to coming downhill and just drops to your right-hand side along one of the sections right at the end. And it's pretty gnarly, some of the terrain. Um, think, think the lock side kind of section, but going up the mountain. That's Lizzie Hawker's race, isn't it? Lizzie Hawker's the race director. She, she is, yeah. John, we'll get, you, we'll get you an entry, John. I am poised. I've got these, I've yeah. mentioned, I mentioned last episode, I've still got another couple of years on these shoes that I've got. <laughs> <laughs> Those shoes, like, you know how when you go into like Hard Rock Cafe and there's like little glass cabinets with sort of mementos in that and... <laughs> John, John's innovate claws are going to be. some clawing. <laughs> <laughs> no, these shoes were worn by John Cassidy on this, 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 uh, this. All They've done eighty thousand miles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant! Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so, but UTMB piece of piss. Uh, no. Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, UTMB is a bit like the London Marathon of trail running. It's yeah. a huge atmosphere. Every village you go into, there's people out cheering you on through the night, and the atmosphere's like unbelievable the whole week. The finish experience is great. Um, you know, it is, it is a pretty spectacular race, and, and loads of people go out from Scotland to it. Hmm. So you, you're guaranteed to meet people you know, and you know, just have a good time and a few beers after it and uh, yeah it's, it's a good event from socialising as well good experience the whole not just the race the whole trip the whole trip is first class yes yeah, has the entry thing changed has the, has the entry thing changed now because oh. I know they used to get UTMB points but I noticed that some there was something that did it link up with Ironman or something UTMB I, I've lost the plot with it to be honest it's yeah. they've got these um, sort of races that give you guarantee entry to it the following year and um got these running stones that you can earn and i, I just don't know how it's uh, it's all at the end of the day it's all a business eh? Well, it's, it's going, it is quite commercial um yeah and, and see when you compare it to utmr utmr was like probably what utmb started out like you know just a a proper yeah. mountain race you know here's the start line Get it done. The course was marked and it was checkpoints and so on, but uh-huh. you could tell it was a bit rawer than UTMB. A bit more stripped back. Okay, so we've done the UTMB in 2019. 2020 has been a wee bit of cack for a number of reasons. And it basically 2021 became your 2020? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. So, so uh, do we want to move on to... Swiss Peaks, or do we want to touch on a wee endeavour that you've done in Scotland first? Quick, John. 
I think now I think we've got to touch on the the preparation for Swiss Peaks. I think we've got to do that because it's quite a feat in itself. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I I had an entry for the West Highland Way race and it got cancelled quite late on towards the race. Um, so I quickly scoured about that afternoon looking for a race to do and found um, I was actually looking on the UTMB site because I thought I wanted to do a race to get some points and uh, noticed the West Highland Way Challenge race um, and then when I had a look at their website they had introduced a Challenge 180 race which was basically the East Highland Way which hardly anybody has heard of and then linking onto the West Highland Way and finishing in Mulgai. So I signed up for it within about, well, I, I messaged them, um, my good friends, Iona and Joe, who were due to crew for me at West Highland Way, and asked them if they would crew at the Challenge 180. And within about three minutes, um, <laughs> Joe had uh, said, well, I'll run it with you if you fancy it. Um, and basically we had got an entry in for the Challenge 180. Um, just basically off the cuff of uh, me messaging her, so and paid fully paid entry application sent off to the guy. So yeah, so for, from my own point of view, I was looking to do something a bit longer, just as prep for Swiss Peaks, um, and also. So go and, go and tell us again the East Highland Way. What's the story there? It's from here to here. So the East Highland Way, the way we did it was from Aviemore to Fort William, and it kind of goes through the through the forest down to Feshy Bridge, can you see Newton Moor, cuts around the back of the hills to Lagan, and then it basically follows the the road on the other side of the locks, all the way to sort of Speen Bridge, and then round to Fort William. So it is a trail. It's not anywhere near like mapped like the West Highland Way. Mm-hmm. So that was a wee bit of a challenge. Um, it's tough. Uh, I think it's 85 miles in total and it's about six and a half, seven thousand feet. I, I think the first half, Aviemore to Lagan, was really nice. I really enjoyed that part of the route. But then the second half, it's kind of on like um, sort of tracks that they've built for the forestry and to build the dams and stuff like that. It's a bit blander, the, the second half of it. But yeah, because there's not really any markings, the start of it is quite like a maze trying to find your way because there's loads of different paths that go off. Um, so I, I did go up and recce um, the section to Lagan, the like, first 35 miles, I think. Um, took my bike and I cycled from Lagan to Newton Moor and then took the train back to Aviemore and then ran back to my, my van and I, I had I genuinely had the map in my hand the whole way and had the GPX on my watch and was basically making mental notes of all the turnoffs and stuff um, so yeah that that then was the week before the race I ended up then going up and taking my mountain bike up and mountain biking the second half of it um, <laughs> just because I was so worried about getting lost in the dark and you know just uh-huh. not not having a clue where I was. So that 85 mile hour East Highland way I can see John's interest is very much peaked I can tell yes. by his yes his demeanour. Um, 
I must say before we go on the what was it called Highland Way Challenge 180 no Highland Way 180 it's uh, the Challenge 180 aye sounds like a darts competition eh but so there was five five folk finished Five, yeah. So there was yeah. eight entrants. So that, that was the other thing why I maybe wanted to sneak a wee entry in. I thought six entrants so far. I thought I'd get a wee podium place here. <laughs> <laughs> Damn right. Okay, I'm, I need to find a race. There's only one entrant in. <laughs> Go do that. Um, so then, do you then just join the West Highland Way Challenge race for William down to Mulgay? Almost yes. the infrastructure of that. Yeah, so basically it starts that race off on the Saturday morning at 11 um, and you just kind of filter into the back of that race or if you get ahead of it, everybody comes streaming past you. Um, so we, we kind of, so with, with Joe signing up, we kind of said, well, we'll stick together at the start and see how it goes the first night. Her watch died on her, so she says, that's it, I'm sticking to you now so I can get my Strava trace. <laughs> <laughs> So, I couldn't get shot of her um, at all. That's no bad company to have, though, is it? You know. Aye. So, Joe and I and Iona train quite a lot together, and um, another guy, Johnny, um, from the running club, and um, yeah, we, you know, I, I think it's one of these things. It's quite hard to find people to run, you know, thirty miles on a Saturday with. To actually find people that you get on with and have a good laugh with, it's you know, it's quite clear. So we're all good friends. And um, I think just before the race set off, she said, either we're going to hate each other by the end of this or we'll just be even better friends. And uh, th- thankfully it turned out the latter with it. So we, I think it was like 52 hours we took and we chatted for about 51 and a half of them. So uh, she can talk like. Aye. <laughs> I think the other half hour we were singing. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. And a good experience though. Enjoyable. You know, I would actually say it's probably it was a bit like the Clyde Stride. It was probably one of the most enjoyable races I've done because there was no pressure on it. There was no mm. you know, kind of thinking I need to beat a time or Yeah. Um, it was just quite a sociable run. And I own a support run as well, so she joined us on the second day and probably ran about 50, 60, 70 miles or something. I can't remember how far, but there was a fair chunk she ran with us. Um, and my wife and her pal support crewed us um, for the two nights. So A sociable 180 mile, 52 hour run. Just as you do. As you do, yeah. <laughs> how, how though, I'm interested to know, sorry, I should say, very well done on, on that. That was a yeah. brilliant run. But how did that, where did that put you in your mind with regards to preparation for Swiss Peaks? How did you feel after completing the 180? Yeah, I think um, the sleep deprivation was the thing that we we both found the hardest, particularly the second night. And it seemed to be about dawn when it was just getting that light area before sunrise came up. That that was what we found the most sleepiest was just that kind of start of the day. Not, not through the night. It was okay through the night for the most part, but... Um, that dawn time seemed to be really, really difficult. So, I, you know, it did help me kind of mentally prepare for that fatigue and and tiredness um, when the sun was coming up. I think as well, when you get low in these races and feel like chucking it, it's, it's either down to lack of sleep or 
lack of food. There's one thing Joe and I share in common is we like our grub. Um, <laughs> so it was just, you know, a couple of times it was just sitting down and getting more food in you, you know, and that boosted you and kept you going, you know, pot noodles for breakfast and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good prep, I think, for it. Just time and feet and, you know, just... When was that in May time? The end of May. I think it was last May. Yeah. So how many weeks was that before the Swiss peak? That would be like, was that August? You were end of August, was it? So it's three months. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I so because something like 180 mile efforts going to hey a, a fatigue effect on your body, I'd imagine. So. <laughs> I, I did do another race. So I've done three races this year, and um, so yeah, you might might not have spotted that one because then. Oh, I see you did. So I did the uh, race to the stones in the middle. So one of my other races I want to do is the Western States. Um, so that was a qualifier race for it. So I just snuck that in and went down and ran it as no expectation or anything at all, just to tick a box. Okay, if you've got a free weekend, you're as well to crack on and do something. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> See, you mentioned... I'm surprised that neither Stephen nor I jump in there. You mentioned food, you mentioned grub, two of our favourite words. Um, what type of nutrition do you go to, or is it a mix of gels and whole food? What do you What do you like? So, kind of for the West Island Way race or, or something that length, I try and eat like proper food, like sandwiches, mm-hmm. pasta bowl at certain points. Um, baked potatoes, always good at Glencoe, ski centre. Try, try and have like proper food and then just fill in between with um, gels. The odd gel and like my favourite is jelly snakes. Have you, have you tried jelly snakes? Yeah. Oh. Are they sugary things? Jelly they're, they're just like Haribo type idea. Aye. Right. A white, a white packet, eh? Aye. Yeah. Aye. See, aye, the bairns eat them. Sorry, the kids. Aye. Remember our audience. So yeah, it's um so yeah, just things like that and cans of coke occasionally and bit of active root and some water and that's all good. Ah, brilliant. And then going from the Highland Way eighty to the race to the stones, did you have to do anything or did that did that put you where you wanted to be for the Swiss peaks? Not just talking about physically, but mentally would you was that a good was that a good preparation for that? Um, the race of the stones was actually a wee bit it was a wee bit tougher than I thought it was going to be. It was a bit more traily and undulating. Um, but kinda probably what I should have been doing was getting more hills in. You know, I, I, we're really lucky in Scotland that we've got some fantastic mountain ranges to explore and get up, so that, that was my kind of my, my main focus was getting into the hills as, as often as possible um, between the, the two races and just doing doing big long days in the hills. So I want to go and speak about Swiss Peaks now because I'm whetted appetite for me. <laughs> but before we do it, I just want you to tell us what Swiss Peaks 360, is that the name of the event? Yeah, so... Yeah. What it is and wh- where it's obviously Switzerland. John yeah. even gets that in. <laughs> Switzerland's a, a pretty sizable country. 
Yeah. Where does it take so, place? So basically, Swiss Peaks is um, is a running festival. It, it lasts the whole. There's about several races on that week, but the main race is the the 360 race, which starts in a place called Oberwald, and it covers the. Basically, it goes to Geneva, uh, Lake Lake Geneva, and finishes in a town called Bouverie. Um And along the way, it's 360 kilometres. And it's uh, 27,000 metres of ascent that you cover, which is uh, quite a lot, quite a lot of hills. <laughs> I thought you were about to say feet. Uh, no. Drop a lot. And a bit. Gee, wise. So, yeah. Can I ask about the... I became aware of a new term last weekend, courtesy of Mr. Graham Conley. Okay. A term called scranker, right? So we're talking about is it the food equivalent of a shoe fetish, right? Well, shoe love, not fetish, a shoe love, right? Whatever so, you want, John. but in in Switzerland, what, what type of foods on offer? Oh, right. Let's well, just scratch <laughs> scratch any excitement about the race and then <laughs> cut to the chase, Derek. We're going right in there. What the fuck did they in the aid station? Where <laughs> he's going? So. Honestly, the eight stations were amazing. Um, they they had the, the kind of staple that everyone was raclette. So you had boiled potatoes, some pickles, some gherkins, and some melted cheese. Um, they had quite a lot of spicy sausage. Um, if you're into that, lots of cake and um, different varieties of sponge and chocolate cake, um, nuts and seeds, bananas, fruit. Like, you know. Somebody's got to eat it. <laughs> Sensible stuff. Um, and then, so th- th- this is the best part. Uh, they, they had a beef uh, stew as well at one one of the first stations, but um, they had beer at every main aid station as well. You could grab a Swiss Peaks beer if you wanted to do so. Oh, did you? It, it was basically like one long pub crawl for me. <laughs> <laughs> But I tell you that 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 was the reason I asked the question. I was hoping that was the type of answer it was going to be. It's yeah. just a it's a food festival with running shoes on, isn't it? That's it. Um, I tried to restrict myself to one beer per day, so yeah. But it was um. Pretty settler. Yeah, there, there was one point. Uh, there was one point I got to actually, and I was completely fed up of cheese because cheese is the staple of Switzerland. And it was one of these mountain cabins and they had like a restaurant up the stairs. So the, the aid station was in the basement area and there was a restaurant up the stairs. And um, I went up and I'm in all my running gear and I asked if I could get a menu. And the woman didn't speak any English and she brought out her son who explained to me that it was a set menu. And I was more than welcome if I wanted to sit down, they would make a table for me. But it was like a set menu and they were about to serve it in 10 minutes if I could wait that long because they knew I was doing the race and um, obviously 10 minutes is nothing when you're out for days. Um, and I said, what, what's the what's the set? And she said, hey, the guy said, it's uh, lasagna. Is that OK with you? And I was like, oh, count me in. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I um, had lentil soup to start, homemade sort of fresh baked bread a salad and two helpings of lasagna and a pint of beer. 
brilliant, man. <laughs> when I was finishing off my beer, obviously they came out with all the food at the same time and, you know, served <laughs> the soup and whatnot. I realised that I had basically finished my lasagna before people had even started their soup at the far end of the restaurant. <laughs> brilliant. Any milk for shy bairns, man? Get uh, stuck in. I was I tell you it was thirty one Swiss francs for all that and I would have paid a hundred for it. It was absolutely the best meal I've had in like ever mid race. It'll never be topped. Brilliant. I don't know how we can I can't we can't top this race experience. I think we're going to struggle. Bugger all the, the suffering on the climbing. Who cares, man? <laughs> all for a fucking top call at Wasanya at the halfway point. A right. city dude, like a, we are working knife now. You know, my wife made lasagna for Sunday dinner there, and uh, she nearly hit me with a rolling pin because I said it wasn't as good as that lasagna <laughs> in Switzerland. <laughs> oh, bro, I can imagine oh, walking out of there, man, the big smile on your face, right? Let's go. But then you've still got to go, and let's speak about the running bit of it. Yeah. So let's speak about that. Stephen. Ah, big field. So there was, I think there was about 379 started the race, I think. Um, they have a race limit of 500. But yeah, so they have what they call life bases. About every 50k, they have six major life bases. And basically, you get a 50-litre bag that you can pack kit into and whatnot, and they ship it up to every life base. So at the life bases, they've got showers, they've got massage tables, they've got... Um, camp beds uh, you know that you can get the head down for a wee while and uh, so basically the, the plan was to make it life base to life base and not think too far ahead of the uh, the rest of the week it was just get to that get to a life base sort yourself out get a wee sleep and then pack up and, and get moving again so um i didn't didn't sleep at the first one but then the second one, I, I tried to sleep for about for about an hour, but I was just I couldn't sleep. It was daylight and there was people up and moving about, and so I had to watch. I just couldn't nod off um, with that one. So yeah, it was great. It's like the the infrastructure, you know, behind these big European races, even though the big European races right. Just, the European, especially the Alpine type races in general, is just like phenomenal. And I've never experienced it and I want to experience it. But I'm looking, you know, at the route map just now and, and you know, it's like if you, if you know your Swiss football teams, I can see, see about 15 Swiss football stadiums that you ran in the mountains past. That's what I'm looking at. Oh, see, oh, no, again, there's a team there. I'm saying, oh, yeah. Right. But how the hell did you get back to start or finish? Uh, it's a point-to-point race, so you, you get the train to the start. Um, right. That's part of your entry fees. You get a okay. train ticket yeah. to the start. And train, honestly, Swiss trains are, like, the best trains in the world. Um, so, yeah, I try, I try to blag in first class. Um, and play the dumb tourist, but they, they chucked me out. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> that Scottish thing. I don't understand what you're saying. And the boy's speaking better English than you can. <laughs> no, I don't understand. <laughs> no, you're not meant to be in here. I'm sorry. 
I don't understand. I remember I was once in Switzerland. It wasn't for a running trip, and it felt like a, it. It was like I was in a five-star country. Do you know, it was like everything just seemed to be. I'm sure that there's deprivation and deaths and stuff like that, but it just felt like almost everything's a wee, um, a wee bit more refined, shall we say? Ah, it's just think premium. Some of your images, Derek, that we've seen on Twitter or Instagram, it was like movie stuff, you know, some of the scenery. And um, I know, Stephen, is that Lucerne when Saints played Lucerne? Is that Swiss? Aye. Yeah. Some of the photographs for that, you're just expecting Julie Andrews to come back and run the hill and start singing. Do you know what I mean? It was honestly phenomenal. It looked lovely. So, But to, to be getting the pleasure of running through that, yeah, I think that that was a highlight for me was I had probably two of the most sensational kind of sunrises ever. One of the mornings, it's going up a big climb up to about nine and a half thousand feet and the sun was just about to come through from the, so you had the Monte Rosa massive behind you where the sun was coming up and there was a glacier and you could see up to kind of Zermatt area and then basically the the sun came over the, the top of the hills and it just pointed on the Mont Blanc uh, massive. So it was it was just stunning. Um, and then we got a cloud inversion happened. So you were up quite high and it was just mountains and clouds and sun on the mountains. It was, it was pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next morning, there's a this Grand Dissons Dam that you climb up past and it's, it's absolutely massive, the dam. And... Uh, I think it's my profile picture on Facebook or something now. It's just the sun came up. What, 30 seconds before, we were kind of, me and this French guy were hiking up. We took a picture of the sun. It was almost about to come up. And then it just popped out and you, it was beautiful. It was, um, and then even at nights when the sun was setting on the hills, it was pretty stunning. So, yeah, that, that was probably the highlights for the, the views and the, yeah. you know, there was so and much. That- missed as well because it was in 50 percent of it was in the dark but that their memories that will last you a lifetime you know just these moments these these moments that when you realize how small we as humans are on this planet you know and it's a pretty special place when you get moments like that isn't it i think um that that first sunrise that i had that was sensational um i just sat at the top of the pass that i was on for about 20 minutes and just enjoyed it. Um, yeah, you, you know what I thought about you, um, the film Goodwill Hunting. Mm. Robin Williams tells Matt Damon that you know he could quote Shakespeare, but has he ever been in love? That that kind of idea. Until you actually see it and experience it for yourself, you, you can't you know grasp how stunning it was. Um, yeah. So that that was. Well. I- you didn't start getting me emotional, Derek, right? They yeah. start that, carry on. George, but, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know what? I got a lot of pleasure for looking at your photographs. I really did. And I think I mentioned them previously. You're but running photographs, Derek. It's a whole... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish you'd taken photos of the food, man. Anyway, but... I did, I did. I'll send them on to you. I, please do that, because that would give me further pleasure. We could do but, a Twitter, like, like a, a Twitter thread on it. What, what Derek ate. What, one, out of, one out of ten and just work through them. 
Yeah. Aye, let's do that. Right. Do that. Yeah. Sorry. But oh, the, the photographs that you that you shared of the scenery and the surroundings, it was brilliant. But to actually see that with your eyes, you know what I mean, and experience it as a whole different thing. So I'm very, very jealous of that. We get some wonderful sunrises, sunsets here in Scotland, but that it was absolutely beautiful. So I'll say it again. If anybody doesn't follow Derek on Instagram or Twitter, start doing that. We'll, we'll, if you're it's okay with you, we'll put your your socials in the show notes, and because some of the photographs are brilliant, so everybody should see them. So, um, definitely, man. That see when you're doing that a race like that, do you make new pals, as I say, with <laughs> unlikely people? Well, so there was a few people. I you, you the race turned out pretty quick. And you found that you ended up running in amongst the same maybe uh-huh. dozen people. And sometimes you would go for a sleep and they would sleep an hour less or you would sleep an hour less and you would end up ahead and they would catch you again. So there was a lot of zigzagging about. Um, there was a few guys that I met on the on the race and, um, you know, that we just chatted away. I think there was a bit of a language barrier as well because, you know, the Swiss folk tend to speak maybe German and French or Italian and French that you know so maybe English was lower down the pecking order with their, their yeah. choices but um it's just that I suppose that shared you're sharing that on really big life experience with these people yeah. to, to a certain degree so there's, there's a, a certain connection there was a French guy Thomas um who I, I ran up past the dam with and pretty much that that full day right and um, he's, he's messaged me asking if I want to put a team in for PTL at the UTMB next year or consider it. You know, he's, we didn't speak much because the language situation. But, uh-huh. um, we watched the sunrise come up that day and we're chatting. And um, yeah, so it was that kind of shared experience, you know, just people that love being in the mountains. And Message him back and tell him, tell him, tell him we're in. We're, we're in. <laughs> <laughs> The boys are coming over. I was coming. John heard about the food, man. We're, we're on our, <laughs> we're on our way. <laughs> um, and do you go or the, the like the summits, or do you go through or the passes? Do you hit a summit? Like, what's the highest spot? So the highest spot was um, so there was a, a a pass at nine thousand nine hundred and fifty feet, I think, on the route. Um, uh, I know, I know. It was, um, I can't remember what the name of it was, but. Um, Aye, it was just after you climb up to the up past the dam. There's a part called the uh, the Grand Desert, or as I called it, the Grand Desert, as I was thinking about food so much. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a bit like Larry Grew. It's just boulder fields and and whatnot. Um, but yeah, that was the the highest point in the course. I see it, the Grand Desert. Best bit about that was though, once you got over the other side, there was like about I think it was about. 12, 14k downhill of just the best single track trail you'll ever see and it just switched back all the way down the mountain down to a wee lake and a wee mountain hut and then it continued down switched back and all the way down the, to the to the checkpoint down the bottom and it was brilliant to run on it was great fun so yeah floating along aye so it was funny because some sometimes 10k downhill could take you hours because it was so technical other times it was just straightforward, battered down, and you, you couldn't tell off the profile what you were going to get at the next climb. Um, 
I know, it's not as if you would have went out and wrecked this one on your mountain bike. <laughs> was it Was it what you hoped it would be when you signed up with it? Because, I mean, it's a bit into in the unknown a bit, isn't it? You know where it is in the distance and you see the profile, as you said, but was it what you hoped it would be? Yeah, I would de- definitely say it. Um, like, it was probably the toughest thing I've ever done in my life, physically and mentally. You know, there was some pretty moments where you questioned your life choices and um, you know so you talk about the food and you can talk about the great views and the people you meet and all the characters that you meet but there's some proper points where you know it was just you really had to dig deep to, to get through it um, mm. you know so there, there was one one climb that I went up I can't can't remember what it was called but it was really 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 steep and it's one of these ones that was through the middle of the night and you can just see head torches almost like vertically above you for miles, um, what felt like miles. And it was quite loose scree and folk kicking boulders down from behind. And then I was kicking them down on the people behind me. And oh, I just didn't like it. Eh? I just kind of... Uh, it, it was a bit kind of sketchy to say the least. And then coming down the other side, there was chains to hold on to. And, you know, you couldn't see what was over the other side. And... Aye, so it was it was one I was quite glad to get get through that night and get get into the the next aid station. Um, what well, Derek, what was it? What was the DNF rate at something like this? Is I think it was sitting about forty odd percent, forty three percent. Somebody quoted. I'm having a look just now. There's 182 finishers out of three seven nine. So I think there was some D- did not starts uh, as well. Right. right. Uh, possibly, but yeah, uh, there's actually a Czech girl who I passed on the last day, and she dropped out with 25k to go. Um, now she could have slept for 12 hours and still finished the 12 hours to spare. Uh-huh. It just shows you how far her head was gone with it. That when you're done, you're done, eh? Aye. You know? Did you? Was there ever a bit for you when you thought, sack this, or were you always finishing? Um, I think it was always finishing, but I did have a few wobbles. Um, mm. You know, just, I, I had one, that, that day with the nice switchbacks and down to the village, that was the hottest day, the whole race, and you, you, you drop about five and a half, six thousand feet into the valley, and it was roasting down the bottom. And I made the mistake of probably not eating enough and not drinking enough. And I completely crashed on the next climb up the way. And I ended up having to go into a mountain hut and buy a can of Fanta, take a gel and actually have a sleep for 15 minutes in the grass because it was was pretty delirious. But I really thought that was the end of me. And thankfully the sugar and the whatnot kicked in enough to get me up to the checkpoint, which was at the top of the climb. But yeah. Foreign Fanta, I was taste better. It's a full sugar one as well. It's... Got to say, Taylor, man, there's got to be, I don't know, a whole heap of mental resilience in there because you can hear the sugar you like, but you've still got to have the mental wherewithal to say, right, come on, get off your arse and get, let's go, you know? So is that something that you work on as well, that mental strength? Not really. I think I'm... Maybe I'm just wired wrong and uh, quite determined and quite sort of, you know, 
I, I genuinely found the first couple of days quite relaxed and quite, you know, I thought it's not too bad. And the wee naps I had, like my sleep was 45 minutes, then it was an hour, then it was an hour and a half at the next life base. And then the last two were like, you couldn't wake me up at the last one. I was groggy and still three hours solid without, you know, moving. But yeah, it was, that the last day was actually, it was a strange one because you're so close, you know it's going to be your last kind of big push. And, and I don't know why, but I was climbing up the mountain and I just burst into tears. And it was like, I, I don't think I've cried since I was like 13 or something like that, you know, at a funeral or something. Um, it was proper like, geez, it just stripped me back so much. Um, yeah. And then of course, I, like, I go around the corner and there's a guy with a film camera. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly. Down the towards me, and I'm like, oh no! So I had to put my shades on and wipe the snot away and everything. But uh, I suppose it's that it's that realization of a dream too. You've put a lot of effort, not just effort, but planning, invested a lot of energy and time and thought into this. And visualization, I definitely, man. It's yeah. and I, I think. Steve and I spoke frequently about there's a bit of the, I mean, this is a freaking ultra, ultra, right? <laughs> this isn't just the sort of things that Steve and I have been involved ultra, with. Ultra. Aye. It's a new thing, an ultra, ultra. Aye. Just an ultra. We've, we've spoke before, Stephen, about how there is that emotional moment. Why? You know, and if you didn't be careful, I'm talking about me. I can go into a blubbering wreck, you know, I can get emotional and control it a wee bit and think, okay, I can get together. But half a second longer and I'm gone, you know what I mean? So I think that happens. And But for it to happen there, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. But if you're saying you're not normally that outwardly emotionally showing, you know? Yeah. I, I think it was just, you know, it strips you back quite a lot and, you know, you just... Just, I think it's a, as well the whole fatigue and the sleep deprivation, and you know you can. It's, it does take a bit, take its toll on you over time. And I'd like to say that's the deepest I've ever went into, probably my mental reserves, if you like. And um, yeah, did you have a goal for it? Do you know, in terms of time, I, 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 it's not like you can say I want to run a sub four hour marathon or a. Job, or if you're drawing a sub three hour marathon um, <laughs> <You're an ass. laughs> did you have like a window of expectation that you were maybe going uh, for I, I kind of looked at people's times and you know from the, the previous years and thought well what have they done and you know it was I kind of I thought six days you know 144 hours that that sounds like a give me 12 hours to spare um but it's like I said before, you could do 10k uphill and it's quite a nice trail and gentle incline and it's, you move quite quick on it and then the next 10k downhill can be steep and gnarly and chains and ropes and it can take you twice as long as the uphill. So there was things like that. You, you just couldn't ever like say how long this section is going to take me or that section. So I was basically just using distance to measure it as opposed to time. The, the only time I really kind of put a big push on was the, to the Grand uh, Dissons Dam because I wanted to try and get in there before it got light 
so I could get a good sleep. Because that day was the biggest day after it. It was 70k and it had the biggest climbs on it. And I kind of watched a few YouTube videos about it. And that's the point where you're, you're going into your reserves. And um, so, yeah, I, want, I got a big push on there and, and tried to get in before the, before the sun came up and get some sleep and maximise the next day uh, with it. But there, there was never any I need to do this time or this day or anything. At all. Are the life bases on the race map? Are those the wee yellow houses? Uh, yes, aye. yellow houses. So yeah, the cool. I mean, I, I I've been scrolling away in the map, just imagining running over this terrain, and I've got got an image in my head that's through your pictures and how you've just described it, and I'm like, oh, must be brilliant. And then I think of the actual suffering that you went through during that, that six six odd days or whatever um, it's painted quite a picture for me i think as well posting about this on social media this is something i had never heard about before you know this is a, you may be the you may be the first person i've spoken to that's ran as long as this so see that you know what i mean so it, it's an amazing feat that was totally not on my radar at the start of this year. I, I never even realised that this this race ex, uh, existed, and it's brilliant to find out and, and to hear about it. It's just over two weeks ago you finished. Yeah. So for those, we'll put an audio thing out about this, but Derek's sitting in a chair. I think I'd still be horizontal if it was me. Jeez. But so how how have you been? Well. Sorry, so, sorry, sorry, Derek, I'm jumping ahead too quick. The moment you finished, how did that feel? Let's do that. The moment so, you finished. The, the moment I finished was a bit of a, an anticlimax because I finished at 20 past midnight and there was no crowds there. There was nobody there cheering in bar people waiting on their runners coming in. Um, so it's a, it was a bit kind of... It didn't bother me. There was nobody there. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's more relief by the end of it. The, la- the last 10k was horrific because um, I've not shared pictures online of my feet, but uh, I'll send you a couple in the QT. <laughs> I do that. Do that. We're say this that way. Do that. I had <laughs> pretty much no skin on my heels and um, my toes and my balls and my feet um, were oh. pretty, pretty horrendously blistered. And it was just a relief to get the shoes off, and they got one pair got lobbed in the bin. <laughs> there and then um, but yeah the, the last 10k was just it was like I, I think mentally that was the two toughest points was right at the very start if you started to think how far you had to go mm. it's like oh geez, I've been running for a day and I've done like 30 miles or 50k and then the end the last 10k just seemed to take forever to, to finish so yeah that, that was quite Last 10k as well is all downhill, but it's quite steep and quite jaggy rock, and I just... <sighs> it actually be worse going downhill when it's like that, if your feet are in that kind of state, eh? Yeah, yeah so, uh, you know, it was, that, it was that painful, it didn't become painful anymore. You know, you just yeah. had to switch your brain off to it, and it was like, it hurts. I just got to accept it. The sooner I get it done... <laughs> it doesn't hurt, it hurts like fuck there, doesn't it? <laughs> Sounds brutal, man. 
you're looking at the elevation profile saying, oh, that's a nice wee gentle 10k at the end. I'll just let gravity do its job. No be much effort. And it's absolutely... Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm only imagining what it's feeling like because I've not got a clue. Because it's bad enough sometimes running doing off the locals after a long training run and your hips and all hang across sear and everything's protesting. So the, the, the last day as well, it's the first time I've ever experienced that I hallucinated um, pretty big time. Um, to the point I had even, so there was a few folk, um, so there was a guy, Giles, who I met through Gavin, who did the race as well, but he dropped out with a, he, he had pretty heavy cold before he started. And he had an Airbnb and he put me up in it after the, the race. Um, and I was telling him all about these um, faces that they had painted in the rocks. And um, it was just like really weird stuff. There's these kind of weed plant type things. And I was convinced people had made them into almost like origami style rabbits and different things. And, and, he, and I'm telling him this the next day and believing it myself. And I now realise that, like, I convinced myself so much that I was witnessing these things, that they had carved dead bodies into the logs and trees. And I'm, like, just imagining all sorts. Um, so, yeah, apologies to Giles if he listens, but I was talking utter nonsense. Um, <laughs> That's no bad after that duration, the sleep deprivation. You're doing no bad there. That's yeah. no bad at all. How, then, let's go to that recovery but you mentioned your feet yeah how how are your feet now yeah they're a lot better um took about a week i didn't do anything really for a week um at all just sat about and drank beer basically <laughs> <laughs> ate some crisps and takeaways and whatnot so yeah all the yeah. things that you'd been withholding yeah so so yeah the feet are on the mend um i've got a bit of a a niggle again where I had the Morton's neuroma, you know, the previous year it's kind of flared up a wee bit. Um, but I've noticed that's actually eased off a wee bit as well the last couple of days. So hoping that settles down. One of the positive things was I didn't have any injuries as such. You know, when I was running, there was no like hip pain or hamstrings got a bit tight towards the end, but there was, you know, I never pulled a muscle or aggravated anything. So other than a bit tight, um, you know, stuff wise, but I've been back at yoga as well the last couple of weeks, so um, so that's helping ease off the muscles a wee bit and a sports massage as well. But you, you must have went in in good shape to, and there's a good bit of luck as well, not no getting injured, you know, we can slip and we can stretch things at, um, yeah. on, the, on, on that type of terrain, but you must have went in and prepared well for this, and whether that's you and the volume you've done, whether it's the coaching side of it, it's probably everything. It's a mix of everything altogether. It's put you in that, you've put yourself in that best possible place to take on that. And fair play to you, man. I, I'm, I take my hat off. I think it's phenomenal effort and completion. It's brilliant, man. I, I really, I've been sitting agog listening to you describing this. I love it. I did it kind of um, ready to sign up for it but I, I love I've, lo- I've loved listening to it it's been yeah. really good what about uh, your, the rest of your legs you mentioned tightness how's that does yoga help that oh i'm a big fan of i saw about just after i signed up with paul actually about six years ago a friend of mine uh, suggested i try some hot yoga um and i've been going twice a week for 
I think six years now. Obviously, it's been off recently. Back doing classes again with Sarah. And it was quite funny because when we first went, it was only me and Lloyd were the only two guys there. And within about, it was within about six months, she had to put another class on because a bunch of cyclists started coming, then some runners started coming. And it was all guys turning up at the classes and the, the ladies couldn't get their yoga spots. So she had to put an extra class on because of all the guys coming along. Um, and, and honestly, it's probably the best thing I do to complement my running. Um, I quite enjoy it. Um, I'm terrible at it. I've got not got any better. <laughs> but yeah, I try and stretch most days and do some mobility stuff as well. And what's the rest of the year looking like for you? Is it going to be the bike, if anything? So I have got absolutely nothing that I planned mm-hmm. um, at all. Um, my wife's from Hoyek originally and the cross country's on there this year so I might go down and do the cross country quite something different but yeah I've also got a bit of turbo sessions to do so I've signed up to do this sort of um, Zwift league with the Grangemouth Tri Club do a bit of Zwifting so Tuesday night is quite good fun but other than that I've got nothing just get back running a wee bit again and just enjoy it there's aye aye because you'll be running you're running a, this year will have taken a whole different level of focus and you know long days on your legs long days and nights on your legs and stuff like that so yeah your your 10k flat fast time might have suffered a wee bit because of it <laughs> so I, I think um I'm in no rush to get back to doing heavy training. Uh-huh. I'm quite aware that people burn out quite easy. I've done a lot. Um, so maybe a, a later end of the year um, before ramping it back up, maybe after. Don't know. <laughs> so let's think about that ramping it back up 2022. Yeah. You've got a wee twink on your eye. Um, what's on the cards? Or are you, are you not able to divulge that yet? No, no. Um, so I have signed up for a race, um, which is, I've signed up for the Manchester Marathon, um, 3rd of April, I think. For I've not done a proper marathon like, for about four, five years, so I need to, and it was right in the middle of ultra stuff. and So a wee bit focused on the speed work and a bit more road running, and then hopefully that'll help maybe into got a plan after that which I've got an entry sticking for Western States there's probably I think it's like a 16% chance now in the ballot um, and then backup races maybe something like Labarido or something like that just Brilliant. short race weirdly your Manchester Marathon and I know that Manchester's kind of seen as one of the fastest in the, the UK in terms of you know it's elevation profiles kind and etc is is putting you right out your where your comfort zone is now do you know it's okay it, it's everything that you've not been doing it, it totally is i mean i thought of running on roads for like 20 miles just uh-huh. it, it's not in my like I'm, i need to get my head right for doing that again yeah um, I, I would much rather go eight hours in the mountains and three hours along the canal or something like that and then the big plan is hopefully the Tour de Gion at the end of the year. 
can we just bring you into the conversation now? <laughs> But yeah, yes. okay. it might take two or three years to get into that as well. Yep. So, um, the sooner you start, I mean, you've, got to, you've got to throw your hat in the ring, though. You've got to do that to, to see what happens, haven't you? So, fingers crossed for you. In Probably. regards to Western States, do you know that the Young Hearts Run Free support crew is here and ready and offering our services? <laughs> but, fair enough, I um, two, it was three years ago now, I uh, thought I'd got in and I was. You know, they do this live draw on Facebook and uh-huh. I was jumping about, the, I ran through the kitchen, I lifted the wife up, I was like, yes, I'm in. And then when I went back, I realised it was a guy called Dan Fish that had got in. And I was like, you bastard. But to be fair, the guy had been trying for like six years at the time. Okay. And I thought, all right, that's okay. He's been waiting his turn. That's fine. The next year, I kid you not, he got drawn out with one ballot ticket in it again. Oh, see if I ever see that guy. <laughs> that like follow him on Strava, start putting like really shitty comments in it. Yeah, like, you're you're like negative kudos. Ah, uh, yep. <laughs> oh, good luck on the Western states because um, yeah, you've know, maybe heard John and I speak about about um in the past, and wouldn't it just be something? I think, so. I think when that comes around. When that comes around that weekend, it's just, well, my world stops, you know, you're just watching it. And I think this year was off the scale, the sort of coverage that they had this year was absolutely fantastic. And for Beth Pascal to go and smash it was brilliant as well, you know. So, yeah, fingers crossed you get in that one, man. That'd be brilliant. I would love that. When I started doing this, it was three big bucket races, UTMB, uh, Western States and the West Highland Way race. So... That was my three I wanted to do. Um, unfortunately, now the tour's been added to the, the list. <laughs> hey, never say never. Swiss never. Peaks 360 wasn't even on the list. Oh, no. Aye. So, aye. John, what's your bucket list race? I think I've ever asked him that, Derek. I didn't think we ever have. So, somebody asked me the other day about marathons you would like to do, and I said I'd like to do the New York City Marathon, which I know you have done, Stephen. I think that would be – I love New York. been there a few times. Um, probably probably the, big, the big city in the world that I would definitely go back to. So to run a marathon in New York, I think, would be special for me. Boy. Yeah. Right back at you. No, man, I'll, I'll ponder that in for a week. I will I hate to come up with can I just can I just come up with an answer like that? Anyway, it's not about us, John. No, it isn't he? Isn't he? What'd you get for tea tonight? <laughs> no, I can't even mind it was that long ago. I'm not all I can think about now is what Derek was talking about in Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Right, okay. We've got a couple of um, we're moving towards the the, the finishing straight. The last 10k. Yep. Your I can feel the pain. Yeah. I can feel the pain. <laughs> oh, Derek, put your feet away, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and I, we've 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 touched on loads. That's been really interesting. Um, yeah, we definitely touched on how you reward yourself, eh? Aye, done that. Done that. Yeah, yeah. There's a big question that we had 
on your um, your question set, you've had the chance to think about this one and ponder it. Um, yeah. and, and you've spoken about training with the likes of um, Iona and, and Joe and stuff. So if you're you're doing a mile time trial, you against Joe in the start line, what, what's the happening? What's the outcome of that? So the, the outcome is never in any doubt at all, Stephen. She is thrashing me by a good... I reckon 40 seconds at the moment, probably about 20. Um, she's probably about two laps ahead of me on the track. <laughs> Current form, but um, aye. Well, that backs up what she said, because we asked her the same question. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> what about on a 100k race? Oh, she'd beat me on that as well, without without doubt. I could, I reckon I could take her on a downhill mountain race. Um, that's about it. But, uh, I like a, a free fall for like you see there's folk doing it in Norway on the fjords again slash yourself off the <laughs> cliff edge. Oh, I think um, the thing with the training is, as we touched on earlier is I you know it's quite tough she was doing a 100k road race and I was doing mountain stuff so you kind of like I, I don't like running on the road and avoid it at all costs so um we do occasionally do track sessions together, um, but she's aye, it's hard enough to keep up with her at the best of time, but she's on pretty decent form just now. So aye, I've seen a shed that we know bad out in last weekend as well, then in Carlisle. <laughs> Good honour. <laughs> and your last question is dialect dictionary. Do you struggle to come up with some? I struggle to come up with something uh, new. Um, oh, aye. But my word I'm going to use is, um, I'm not sure if it's how, is retching, because I had for the first time ever proper retching on uh, Swiss Peaks. Um, and it wasn't actually during the race, it was at the next morning. <laughs> I got up and basically I was staying in the um, accommodation that they had put on. And it was like camp beds and bunk beds in, in a hall. And... I had about 50 people listen to me retching <laughs> when I got up. So, um, yeah, so that's my, my Scottish word is retching. Right. Is retching me a W or an R? With an R. Hey, oh. Looking at my... Is that like dry heaving? Like, Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, man, I, I know retching very well. <laughs> Brilliant. That that sails right into dialect dictionary. I think we've all experienced that. And if you haven't, you've never lived. So it'll be coming at you sometime soon if you're an ultra runner, definitely. Okay. We better let Derek away for the night. He's still in the office. Aye. He's still clocked in. <laughs> <laughs> that flexibility. Just to each other. Boss guys, you know. <laughs> well, guys, um, thanks for having me on. It's. Uh, it's just a bit disappointing. I've got to run another big 250-mile race or something to get back on the show again. <laughs> oh, no, I think we could have you back and definitely speak about UTMB, your experience there, and uh, the Monte Rosa as well. You know, there's loads to speak about, definitely. But I think there was a fair bit of chat around the Swiss Peaks the last few weeks about you doing it. You got a fair bit of... Um, feedback on that as well and we just thought it was great so we, that's how we put the feeler out for you and absolutely delighted that you've, you've come on to speak about it because it's a phenomenal feat that you've achieved but you know what Derek you started off we spoke way back at the start about 
a wee bit of a drunken carry on and sign up for the end of a marathon. You're just a dude that's yeah. got into running and you've all, you're obviously a very good runner, but you've went through that journey of doing things and um, you've, well, you've achieved great things. So thank you very much for your time. I've really enjoyed this tonight. I'm going to hide my credit card for a wee while in case I get tempted to go and start signing up for stuff. But yeah, thanks very much for you for, you, for coming on. He has got a tendency to get carried away and, and sign up for things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I'll WhatsApp Susan and make sure that that doesn't happen. And what I'd, I'm, I'm thinking, Derek, is 2013 in the grand scheme of things wasn't that long ago. Do you know? Yeah. Um, and what a list of achievements since then. Do you know, since doing the Edinburgh Marathon in 2013 to, to where you are now, it's been um, certainly action-packed, fun-filled, whatever you want to call it, but it's, it, that's the most kind of thing that's sticking with me in, in terms of just leaving that last impression, is that in two th- at the end of 2012, all you'd done was a couple of park runs. Yeah, badly. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, but it just shows you once you turn your, your, your focus to it and start building up your skill set, you know, whether it's physical or mental skill set, just how much, you know, that we can achieve and that'll I think it will inspire me, not will inspire me, it already has inspired me. So, no, thank you. It's been it's been great chatting to you. I think certainly the biggest thing for me is enjoy it. Enjoy being out in the mountains and out running with friends. And, you know, I would say I've made, made some really, really good friends. Um, you know, a lot of them I haven't mentioned tonight, but um, people that you meet on the journey and, you know, it's people you wouldn't have otherwise met. I think that's, you know, it's all good for life, isn't it? Just making new friends and having new experiences and enjoying, you know, what you do. It's, um, yeah, it's all good fun. Perfect. Oh, oh. What a finale that is. Oh, that's good. That's a good sound bite. Right, Derek. <laughs> bye just now and thank you once again.